0: Music mm-hmm. And welcome back to another episode of Strange Origins. Tonight, I want to deep dive into a subject that I didn't really realize I was passionate about until I started researching it for this podcast. That subject is that of hags. Hags are women who are oftentimes referred to as boogeymen, but who are honestly so much more than that. Usually portrayed as old women who are hunched over, with long gray hair falling onto woolen clothing, hags typify the poor, the elderly, and most importantly, the terrifying. They are often misinterpreted as pure evil, in essence. Hags are an archetype at this point and always seem to be serving a lesson in a story either to children or to men, and it seems every culture has their own version of a hag, too. But hags weren't always seen as scary old women. In fact, at one point, hags were revered and sought during troubling times. Hags were at one point healers and helpers of other women during childbirth. Occasionally, they even helped men, surprisingly enough. Much like witches, hags in some stories deserve our respect, if not our love. So, when did the transition take place? And more importantly, why? The term originated from the Old English word for witch, hegtus, and was shortened. This is also where the word hex comes from, which is a curse placed on someone by a witch or hag. You may recognize the character from a number of fairy tales, such as Hansel and Gretel, where the old woman lures children in with a house made of candy in order to cook them in her oven. Or maybe you remember her from the beginning of The Beauty and the Beast, where she curses the prince to turn into a hideous creature as a way of teaching him to value people more than material objects. Those may be the modern versions of a hag, but the originals were far more powerful and much more terrifying, in my opinion. The hag Kalich was seen as the mother of all gods and goddesses in pre-Christian Ireland and Scotland. She was referred to as Beira, the goddess of winter, and was revered for her elemental power. Her cane could freeze land over by simply touching it, and it's thought by the mythologist donald alexander Mackenzie that she created the loch ness by transforming her negligent maid nessa into a river when the longest night of the year came she would go to a fountain of youth drink from it and become young again therefore marking the beginning of spring where she started the whole cycle over with in some stories the goddess brigid lives in conjunction with Cailleach, and was the spring version of the hag she was akin to the Greek goddess Athena, who also embodied the ideals of wisdom and craftsmanship, and even skill in warfare. Something interesting about Brigid is she was carried over into Christianity by way of 10th century monks, who transformed her into St. Brigid of Kildare. Nuns would maintain sacred flames in her name. The flame maintained in Kildare, Ireland was said to have been surrounded by a hedge that that was not to be crossed by any man. If any man did attempt to cross, they were crippled, died, or simply just went insane. Also in Scottish and Irish lore, hags were powerful goddesses, useful as healers to women in childbirth, but at the same time deeply feared because of their power. They could control the weather and bring about storms on a whim. Often, these were destructive floods, thunderstorms, or hail that destroyed crops. According to stories, they also were the creators of hills and mountains in Celtic lands. This either was due to them dropping rocks from their baskets on accident, which then grew uncontrollably, or because the hags shaped them with magic hammers. In Scotland and Ireland, the first farmer to finish their grain harvest made a corn dolly, representing the calich, from the last sheaf of their crop. The doll was then tossed into the field of a neighbor who wasn't yet done bringing in their grain for the year. The last farmer to finish had the responsibility to take in and care for the corn dolly until the next year, with the job of feeding and housing the hag all winter competition was fierce when it came to avoiding having to take care of the doll also in ireland akin to the custom of groundhog day in the united states is la fiel bride on february 1st it said that the old hag would wake up from her hibernation to stock firewood to last the rest of winter and if the weather was good on that day that the hag had plenty of time to gather wood and spring would happen later rather than sooner. If the weather was stormy and cold, winter would end sooner. The Serbian version of a hag is the babroga, which translates roughly to old lady with horns. Also a boogeyman, she was used to warn children away from danger. She is short, ugly, and walks around at night to find children she can eat. She either puts them in her bag and drags them back to her cave or she snatches them through the cracks in their ceilings. Which is one of the more frightening things I've ever heard. Slavic folklore has their own version of a hag called the Baba Yaga. She also takes the form of a deformed, haggard-looking woman, and is famous for living in a hut in the woods that is supported by chicken legs. She either is helpful or seeks to hinder those that come across her. In one story, she helps a man find his missing bride, but in others, she is known for eating children. In Old Russian, Baba can mean something akin to a witch, or fortune teller, or even a midwife. The most famous Baba Yaga story, Vasilisa, the Beautiful, seems to American audiences like a more gothic version of Cinderella. In this story, Vasilisa was a young woman who had lost her mother at a young age and whose father remarried an evil woman with two ugly daughters. With the help of a wooden doll her mother had given her on her deathbed, which she was instructed to give a little drink and food to every day, Vasilisa was able to survive the demands of her stepmother. In an attempt to get Vasilisa out of the way, as suitors only courted her as she was much more beautiful than her stepsisters. They sent her to the hut of Baba Yaga to get fire to light their candles. When she finally made it to the hut, she noticed that it was standing on two chicken legs, and that the fence was made out of human bones. When Baba Yaga found her, she made her promise that she would perform a number of chores in order to earn the fire, or face the punishment of being killed. When she performed as many of the tasks as she could and was too exhausted to continue, the doll that she fed a little every day told her to rest, and that she would finish the rest of the chores. When she was allowed to go home, Baba Yaga gave her a skull lantern full of burning coals. After arriving home, she found that the skull was too powerful to light anything, and even ended up burning her stepmother and sisters into ashes so Vasilisa buried it so no one else could be hurt. Afterwards, she became a skilled cloth maker in the capital of Russia, and attracted the attention of the Tsar, who made her his wife. Something to note about this story is that Baba Yaga, instead of an evil old crone intent on destroying the lives of anyone who came across her, is instead true to her promises and And represents more of a personification of fate. In the same fashion, the Japanese have the story of Yamauba, who is at times described as a beautiful young woman, and others as a quote, monstrous crone, who has long white hair and a tattered kimono. In both descriptions, she has cannibalistic tendencies. As she steals away children to eat, she also has control over the weather, as she quote, is the fairy of the mountains, which have been under her care since the world began. She decks them with snow in winter, with blossoms in spring. She has grown very old, wild white hair hangs down her shoulders. Her face is very thin. End quote. Represented in the same manner in Greek mythology are the three fates, also called Moray. These three sisters were the ones that weaved everyone's destiny, literally, and with a pair of scissors could cut someone's string, resulting in their death. While they were bound to the rules of fate, they also had control over the destinies of mortals and gods. You may recognize the three sisters from Disney's Hercules as the trio that share one eye that sees the future. Weaving was a common art at the time, and was used a lot in Greek mythology. Concerning the sisters, it is one of them that spins the thread of life, one that decides how long the thread will be, and one who cuts the thread. In other words, they control the length of a person's life, how much good or bad a person experiences, and when exactly that life will end. Another famous version of a hag featured in folklore is the water hag. These have many different variations, including Peg Powler, the Grindelow, which you might recognize from Harry Potter, Jenny Greenteeth, and Nellie Longarms. These hags are known for dragging children or the elderly into water and drowning them, and either live at the bottom of the river or in the trees surrounding a body of water. Mythologists believe she was simply a way for parents to scare their children away from the danger of drowning. Though the stories have evolved through the years to scare even adults away from the water's edge. She is said to have green skin, long mossy hair, and is bone thin. Akin to the siren, she can also lure people to the water's edge with her singing voice and stares at them with her yellow eyes when she drowns them at the bottom of a lake or river. In Germany, the hack that doles out rewards and punishments goes by Frau Haule. In the Brothers Grimm version of the story of Fra Haule, she rewards a young woman who helps her with her housework and punishes another who is too lazy to do any of the chores, much like in the story of Baba Yaga. Because of the fact that the story correlates household chores with weather, in one case with the shaking out of feathers from pillows and blankets to make it snow on earth, Fraule is considered by some to be a pre-Christian goddess, much like the Celtic Bura. It is even still customary in some parts of Germany, when it is snowing, to say that Fra Haole is making her bed. And lastly, in Romanian culture exists the Mama Paduri, which translates to mean Mother of the Forest. Much like Baba Yaga, she lives in the woods in a hut, and is said to be an ugly and crazy old woman. While she is also known for cannibalistic tendencies, attempting at times to eat children like the hag in Hansel and Gretel, she is usually a pretty neutral character, living only to help heal the forest and injured animals. Anyone that interferes with that is made crazy or is scared off by Mama Poduri. Being referred to as a hag was at one time considered a compliment. Before the Middle Ages, women had a more equal relationship with men even having stronger laws protecting their inheritance than men did at the time. And growing old for a woman was an accomplishment. Older women were seen as wise, especially in regards to medicine and the art of healing. Communities needed them to survive, especially when childbirth could not be as monitored and controlled as it is now. While it may not be this way in the United States, it's common in different cultures that grandmothers and older women are far more appreciated and beloved by those that are younger than them. They are the ones that keep the family together, who pass on traditions, and are skilled with healing. Older women are essentially the backbone of a community in regards to family and customs. After the Middle Ages and the events of the plague occurred, Those notions were thrown out, and women in charge of healing were blamed for everything that went wrong. As you probably know from my Witches episode, women were held responsible for that which was devastating, but ultimately uncontrollable. People wanted someone to blame, so they went after those that they believed could have stopped what was happening. That's when hags transformed from revered older women those who had earned love and respect from communities, to dirty, spine-chilling witches who used their power to consume children in the dead of night. Hags were from then on associated with the idea of being barren, of that period in a woman's life when she no longer could provide children, and was in some parts of the world sadly deemed useless. Thereby they were also associated with land that was unable to grow crops and was fruitless, Still though, there are at times the shining light of the original hag in modern stories, of the mother goddess who tended to earth. There are times when these women aren't simply just evil, but fair in their dealings. The powerful women that could bend nature to keep earth in cycle and heal the animals of the forest is still present, even through the misogynistic misrepresentation of them in recent history. In essence, the hag at times has represented that which cannot be tamed, and that which may not be beautiful at first glance. As a rule of thumb, though, it's best that when a hero encounters one, they accept and love without hesitation. Only when that acceptance happens can you see her true worth. Hags are not always alluring, but they are fair and just. And they are always, always, powerful beyond what you can imagine. Thank you for joining me for this episode, and as always everyone, stay safe out there, and remember to always keep it strange.